0: Hey guys, Ryan DeMint from Chasing Happiness Podcast. I hope you guys are having a great day. Today on the podcast, we have Dennis Harhalakis, and I think I got that close, but I did butcher a little bit. Dennis is a certified money coach. He's also the founder of Cambridge Money, uh, and after 30 years in financial services, he trained as a money coach and set up Cambridge Money uh, Coaching to help people understand and manage the money in their lives. Dennis welcome to the show Ryan thank
1: you so much it's a pleasure to be here
0: thank you for coming on so my one of my favorite topics money and how we work with it in our lives we we tend to have some toxic Mm. relationships we tend to associate money with happiness there's a lot of things to go in there but before we go there can we learn a little about yourself and who you are and then we'll jump into uh some money topics
1: of course. Yeah. Thanks very much. So as you alluded to, I'd spent uh, 30 years in, in financial services. I worked in different countries. I primarily worked in uh, wealth management and helping people you know, with, with money. I worked in, in, in the UK. I worked in Asia. Um, and that was my introduction. I actually started working in a trading room. So I was, I was surrounded by money for or at least other people's money <laughs> for, most, <laughs> for most of my life. Um, and then I took a career change I came back to the UK uh, I was looking for something to do and um, I started to get into financial literacy um, but I also wanted to work with financial advisors because I'd spend most of my life in kind of you know financial advisory advisory territory and I was listening to a podcast and the lady on the podcast that just trained as a money coach um, she was a financial planner she trained as a money coach she was talking about our money histories where our money beliefs come from. And I had this realization that I'd spent the whole of my life dragging around my father's money anxiety. The whole wow. of my life and all these other anxieties. There were quite a few of them. And I suddenly realized that this wasn't me, but it gave me an insight into why I was that way, what was driving it. And it also gave me a path forward to going, right, you really need to understand this stuff. Now I realized that I was financially competent, but not financially mm-hmm. secure, not in an emotional sense. I had anxiety, actually at that point in time, I was, 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 wasn't was working, so that's always, you know, always struggling, I was trying to build a house, that's always a complex process. So I had all this anxiety radiating out of me uh, radiating into my relationship with my family making me a difficult person to be with I was an angry person I was an anxious person and I was an unhappy person and I had this realization that that wasn't mine it was my subconscious inheritance but it wasn't mine it wasn't me and now I had a path to understanding awareness and also to 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 change and what, and so that's why I trained as a money coach. That was twenty eighteen, and I've been on a path on a journey since then to understand my money behavior and to help other people understand their money behaviors, their money relationships. Um,
0: there, there is a lot to unravel in there. You, you, you gave us a lot to go off of, and and I think we could talk for hours on that just alone. Can can you back up just from the almost to the beginning, not? You said you're carrying your father's uh, challenges around when it came to money. What were those specifically?
1: So specifically, so my father was born in 1919. uh, So he's quite, he was quite a lot older than me. Mm -hmm. And he went through his Greek origin, hence the the surname, which you did very well with, by the way. Oh, come on, I butchered it. No, you didn't. No, no, I've, I've (laughs) had butchering. That's not butchering. Um, you tickled it, you didn't butcher it. So oh, he, thank you. he grew up in Greece. He went through the second world, actually went through the depression. Then he went through the second world war. Uh, and then the Greeks had their own civil war after that. And then he mm-hmm. finally moved to the UK in the 1950s. So he saw uh, a lot in his in, in his lifetime. And I think one of the things that's relevant in this space is that the US and the UK have never been invaded. So we've never lost everything. You've never had someone from another country, an army from another country, come in, kick your door down, throw you out of your house, and you lose everything. Um, Most of Europe's had that. The UK hasn't. The US hasn't. Never been invaded. And when you grow up in that atmosphere where you are on the streets, you could end up on the streets, and you have a a similar thing with the with the great depression in the us where people lost everything and all the money they put in banks as well so you know banks weren't safe that gives you a different mentality there's a scarcity mentality there's an anxiety scarcity insecurity mentality and money's really important to survival we don't waste money we don't waste anything actually in, in 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 that so um, that gets communicated because that's that's part of his hardwiring, and that's uh-huh. communicated to us as as you grow up in that environment. We we learn everything about practically everything in our in the first seven years of life, um, because that's when we are absorbing things subconsciously. Our brains are trying to create patterns, create models of the world to understand what's going on. So we've got a little bit of information. It's all behavioural and a very small understanding of the world. And we're building lifelong belief systems, lifelong patterns, lifelong emotional connections. Um, and so, you know, just to go a, a, a slight side note, people talk a lot about financial literacy for teens and that's mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm all in favor of it, but most of what they believe about money and about money in themselves is already set by the time they're seven. So if you really wanna help people and, and this is what I do in another part of my work, I teach parents on how to raise financially capable children, because by the time they're 17 or 18, and they're going to college, if they don't know how to budget, they're not going to learn in in a week's course.
0: And it's, it's amazing what we learn as kids, and then expect, unfortunately, from society, that we're supposed to have all these tools necessary to survive. And we don't and there's a lot of failure here in the states i'm I'm speaking from the states and i and i won't blanket the world uh we struggle in the school system to where these uh i went to a public school and it didn't teach me very much about financial literacy and being able to manage my life from that standpoint it taught me to pretty much come to school go to break Go back to school, go to lunch, you know, and then and then go home. It really didn't teach me to be a free thinker and understand how things work. Um, and I think we we have lost a lot of that in schooling. Like you said, under the age of seven, you know, you're really you're a sponge and you're absorbing a lot of information. It just seems like we're missing the boat here in the United States for sure, and need to change a lot of that. And we're so polarized whether it be left or right i'm not i don't get into politics but we've we're hurting our future generations to where they're going to struggle with even more issues with money have toxic relationships with money and then don't and, and not understand why they have these anxieties in their life and then fall flat on their face and not know what to do
1: yeah there's 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 a lot in there i can take everything that you've said and just change the word us to uk and we have exactly the same problems uh, we we can divert into the educational system if you like but fundamentally it doesn't teach people how to think it doesn't teach people how to listen and it doesn't teach people how to learn correct so what you have there if you look at the school system is um a conscious cognitive process. information is presented to me as the child, and I try and learn it, regurgitate it and and, and mm-hmm. manipulate it and spit it back out again. If you look at how we learn as infants, that's not how we learn as infants. So the, the when it, when it, when it, when a human being is born it's it, it doesn't even know how to raise its it's not even capable of raising its head for the first three months of its life. It is totally and utterly incapable of doing anything now part of the reason for that is that if you left the baby inside the mother any longer it would never be able to come out so it can't it comes out at the very last possible moment so evolution has 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 given us that but it means that we're useless what it means then is that if you look at uh, an animal that's born in the serengeti or a horse right a horse can run Mm -hmm. after 30 seconds or 30 minutes i don't know one of the two but anyway all their core survival skills are programmed into them all our core survival skills as humans are learned. So what that means is that the early learning process is subconscious, powerful, and deeply rooted because it's a core survival process. So the stuff that you learn subconsciously in the first seven years of your life is hardwired into you. The stuff that you learn at school is a conscious cognitive process. The stuff in the early years is a subconscious survival type of process and that's why it's so powerful and that's why you never even think about it because it's just sitting there in your subconscious mm-hmm. and that's where we learn about money so that's learned from conscious messaging so when people say to you are uh, i don't know ryan what would so my father would say uh you know don't kick stones we don't have enough money for shoes what what sort of things did you have growing up money doesn't grow on trees of course money doesn't grow. There isn't a magic money tree at the end of the garden there, right? <laughs> so you've got you've got messaging around <clears throat> around money. And there's also indirect messaging around money. So mm-hmm. if you grew up in an environment where there were clashes around money, where people had different views, where every time the bill came, people started shouting and screaming and they were slamming the doors and people leaving the house, then you will associate money with conflict, with anger, with uh, anticipation of of, of uh, distress and sadness. Mm-hmm. And that's just hardwired into you, not at the, at the level of like, I thought about this, I'm thinking about money. No, that's because when you were growing up in that environment where your subconscious learning processes were really, really powerful, those are the messages that you picked up on because as an infant, you pick up on all the social environment, not the formal education system. Um, And that's so that if i go back to my story that's my subconscious inheritance that's what i picked up from my father uh, around money and the environment i grew up and it wasn't just him my mother was also uh very good with money very careful with money we didn't waste money money was was guarded um they opened up bank accounts for me at a very early age so they were you know financially competent but also grew up in an environment of, of of anxiety And, you know,
0: we can go to the opposite of that to where you have people that grow up with money and they have no worries in the world, but then they blow the money they have and continue just to spend like, you know, a drunken sailor in port Sure. and and they, they don't understand why they never have enough money. And almost the same similar thing, just, they don't have a positive relationship with money either. Because they never yeah. really had it to work for that money in their life; it was given to them. And then there's us on the other side that we have a scarcity in money, uh, and there's never enough. So it's it's a balancing act on both, and trying to find that middle ground to build that relationship with money, but also understand how it actually comes and goes out of our lives. And it starts up here.
1: It starts up here. So if you look at the 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 language of our money there's are you a spender or are you a saver? But Mm -hmm. you've just pointed out that the extreme behaviors sit at either end of those of that scale. The extreme, so it's okay to be frugal, serious money anxiety is bad, it's okay to be generous, but being overly generous or or blindly negligent is bad for you. So, spender and saver Mm -hmm. are at the opposite ends, you know, are opposite ends, but also whether. Uh, where the unhealthy behavior hits sits. There isn't a word for we save money, put it aside and spend wisely. There isn't a word for that. And what no. that means is that we don't associate that. So, so you know, if there was a word for that kind of behavior, people would say you need to be more whatever that word is, right? But instead, we have spenders, we have savers. Are you a spender or are you a saver? You know, what was your mom, what was your dad? Will they spend as a saver? Oh, that's why I am. So, you know even the language around it is polarizing. So why, I mean,
0: I'm going to ask a deep question. We can go down a rabbit hole. Why don't we have that language around that? Is it, is it because of societal norms? Uh, is it the way we're taught? I mean, it, what, what drives that? I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking of this now. And it's like, that's interesting. There really isn't, we're, we're lacking words and verbiage, you know, to describe a, another group of people.
1: Yeah. So if I, look at what I try and help people do is, I'd like you to have conscious positive engagement with your finances. It's a bit of a mouthful, right? There isn't there isn't a word for it. Um, so why is that? Well, I think um, part of it is the taboo around money that we never talked about it mm-hmm. and we don't discuss it. It's very tied into values. Um, there's a misleading idea that because money has numbers, therefore it's all about maths. When in fact, it's all about emotions. Um, our brains aren't wired for it. We have, through, you know, the various streams of, of religion, some, you know, a very unhealthy approach to money, usury or lending money was considered uh, immoral for many many years. um we have a a cultural association of lending with uh religious minorities because it wasn't allowed for for you know good catholics to to get involved in all of this um there's a very long tradition of debt and slavery or or you uh, um association of debt Uh, so if you go back um to, this is going back 5,000 years, there's an amazing book by David Graeber on debt, the first 5,000 years. And when you realize that kind of lending money or borrowing money, it was always ended badly because you had to borrow money to, 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 to buy seeds, to plant crops and every five years, seven years, or whenever it was, you'd lose all of that. And what did you do? You ended up either in slavery or with your kids in slavery. So it's a long and nasty history around, difficult history, I should say, around money, around debt around wealth um and as a society we we even in the us where you've had you have less uh complicated history at least around money and and class and wealth and accumulation even then uh the kind of moral norms around what we what polite people talk about and what they don't talk about still exist because you've had you know so many religious the mayflower and all these people right they they all came over with their own ideas of, of 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 what was good and what was bad and what was moral and talking about money wasn't wasn't that so what's happened over time is that if we look at talking about sex for example that used to be a t- taboo subject but oh, now by far
0: yeah by far right
1: we realize that not talking to our kids about sex doesn't lead to a healthy relationship with themselves with the opposite sex or anything quite the opposite mm-hmm. so we it's not just money we haven't talked about historically as as society sex has also been part of that and we've got past that we've got to the stage where people rather talk about their sex lives than their bank balances so so money yeah. is the next thing and and money coaching is here to help people raise awareness of it because if i said to you you know ryan um, if you want to get better at um, tennis, what would you, where would you go? A coach. If you want to get a coach, right? If you want to get yeah. better at podcasting, where do you go? If you want to get better at anything in your life, you find yeah. someone that can guide you and, and, and build up your confidence without yeah. judgment and in, when you feel safe. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. one thing that all of us use every single day of the year, nearly every single day, whatever it is, the one thing that runs through everybody's lives, yours, mine, people in Africa, wherever is money. Why don't we have coaches for that? Well, we do now, obviously, but you know, we, I, think, we, I think that's a very recent thing.
0: It is a recent thing. We do, but we can go down another rabbit hole. And I think this will be a good place to go is why do we not use coaches? Because I had that challenge with not using coaches in the past because I too had a toxic relationship with money. I racked up a ton of debt and didn't know how to get out of it. So I had to find a coach that I felt safe with that, that allowed me to be me, but also explain to me where I was missing the boat on why I was trying to keep up with the Joneses and here in the States, and it could be the same in the UK. A lot of people out here are trying to keep up with the Joneses and they're overbuying on a lot of things and they don't know why they're broke. And it's they have to finally realize sitting down that it's their spending habits, their relationship with money, and not realizing that they need to have a different set of skills when it comes to working with money. And coaches are a great place to go, but guess what? Coaches are a four letter word to most people because, oh my God, I go to a coach. Guess what's gonna happen? I become a, I I I grow four heads and I become this bad person because I need help. Oh my gosh! And that's that that's how I felt. I mean, sure, and that's
1: that's a a hard space to find yourself in.
0: It is, but that is where I want to go with you. Is how do we overcome and how do we help people understand that finding the right coach is a great thing because he or she can help you get out of whatever pinch you're in. And, be, and also give you the skill set to grow as
1: a human being. Absolutely. So let's explore that a bit. Let me ask you a, 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 an opener on that one. Okay. Do you know how to use a chainsaw? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's always one somewhere. Do you know how to fix a boiler? No. Okay. Do you live in fear and shame around that? No, I do not. Okay, great. So no one ever showed you how. You can't do it. But you're not racked with shame around it. No. no, you shouldn't be. Actually, most people can't use a chainsaw. I can, but most people aren't racked with <laughs> fear and shame and guilt around a chainsaw, even if. So you know uh, where I'm going with this is that yes. we get trapped because we can't do something very well or can't do something at all that no one ever showed us how to do, and yes. because it's money, we're stuck because we approach it so. My clients generally come from how do I do this to why is this so hard to what's wrong with me? Because guess what? When you were growing up, people would say to you, Ryan or Dennis, let's say, why did you do that? What's wrong with you? Why don't you understand that? What's wrong with you? How could you think that? That's what's wrong with you. And so when we bump up against against things, I don't know why I'm, uh, this is not working. I don't know what the problem is it must be me we bump into up against guilt and shame because once mm-hmm. we think there's something wrong with us it's the shame piece and the shame piece means i'm going to keep this to myself i'm not going anywhere with it maybe i'll work it out and maybe i don't i don't know so some of my clients when i talk to them it takes a while to get them in the door because they they come from a dark place and I talk about it and I talk about how I'm going to help them and, and, and I, I get where you are at and it's really hard. And then guess what? Maybe a week later, they're feeling a little bit better. So they go, ah, never mind. You know, I won't go there. <laughs> and, and then two weeks later, they're back in the dark space and they go, yeah. oh my God, I need to do it. I need to do it. I need to do it. So it is hard. So let's tease a, 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 a few things out um, a, a, around why it's hard to manage finances because I think it's really important to start with that. little bit right so the first and probably most important thing is your brain is not wired for it your brain my brain every mammal's brain is wired for short-term gratification and immediate Mm -hmm. response to danger if there's something i want when is the best time to have it ryan now right now right now right right now Why why would why would why would why would next week be better than having it now why would in 40 <laughs> years' time be better than having it now? right now if it's good, I want to have it now. So that's just how, how we're wired and the reason we're wired that way is because it's kept us alive for, for, for 200,000 years. Mm-hmm. Right? you don't if you're wondering you know if, if you don't have uh, steady supplies of food or steady supplies of energy which we didn't have until about 12,000 years ago when we started domesticating foods and plants Plants and also, uh, sorry, uh, plants and animals, and also let's let's face it, kind of steady supplies of food in 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 the way that we understand in in, in the world is only still a couple of hundred years old. But twelve thousand years ago, you didn't walk past an apple and go, oh, I'll save that for later. No, you ate it, you ate it, and you ate it now, right? Especially if it contained energy. So the two main energy sources are sugar and fat. So you are wired to consume and store energy supplies whenever and wherever you found them. Mm-hmm. Now, as well as wanting the good thing now, wherever possible, we try and push the discomfort into the future, right? Because magically that makes it less, um, less painful. So, you know, when are we going to start that training program? When are we going to get on that diet? When are we going to sort out my finances? Mm, anywhere, but right now, um, so that's just our wiring. And it's really important to understand that because you need to work with it and understand it and also be self-compassionate around it. It's not, you're not designed for this stuff. You're not designed for long-term thinking or healthy eating or, or financial planning. Um, Finance has got fairly complex in the last 70 years. It, uh, when your parents growing up, even when I was growing up, you went to the shops when you had the money and only when you had the money, you didn't have very many shops and you had to make a trip and you handed over some cash and you got yeah. something back. So that process is, is registers in the brain as a micro loss process, but it's, you know, fundamentally there was mm-hmm. friction in there. There was a limited amount of choice. There was friction in there. And right now I can sit at my computer as, as can you, and I can buy anything in the world. And guess what, if I don't have the money, something's gonna pop up at the end and offer me credit for it. So there's frictionless spending, frictionless credit, frictionless returns if I don't like it I send it back I order, I order five because I don't know which size is going to fit I'm going to send it back <laughs> so this is makes it you know really hard to resist stuff um, and look at our finances so cash has practically disappeared we have direct debits we have standing orders I hardly get any bills anymore I just get an email with with something saying here's a link to your Utility account, or here's this, and and I don't know what's going on unless I click on the link or log into my utility account. I don't even know what I'm paying. I don't know what the whether it's gone up ten percent or, or ever. And we have you have guys have four hundred one ks and two hundred one ks and stored cards and credit cards and debit cards, and you've got uh, buy now pay later, uh, all this stuff, um and also we have to take. Uh, look after ourselves. The the days when you'd work for 20, 30 years for a company and, and get a pension and, and shuffle off, those are gone. So all yeah. this stuff is, 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 is hard. And no one's explaining to it, it to us. So this complexity makes us anxious. The two biggest stresses human, humans humans and all mammals, uncertainty and lack of control. And that pretty much applies to everyone I know around their finances. And as we talked about we don't get shown this stuff and we don't start with a blank slate. We have a subconscious inheritance and a belief system from um, of the family origin or where we grew up, the environment we grew up. And that often includes self-limiting beliefs around ourselves and around uh, uh, around money. And we grow up, we see people spending money. We don't see people saving money. We don't see people no. investing. We just see them spending because that's that's the visible side of it. So even if you were given some money for a piggy bank, and even if you were able to save, you know, 20%, 10% of it, life's a lot more complex than that. That needs to be modeled for you in your childhood. And people need to show you how to do that. Um, And people save money, but very often they save money for a specific event. Whereas saving as a concept is really much better thought on. You don't need an excuse to save. You just need to save because we live in an uncertain world. And so when you have savings, you've always got a buffer against future uncertainty. And un- unless the world becomes any more certain, which it doesn't seem to be, <laughs> then saving is a core life skill for protecting you against future uncertainty. And there's plenty of it.
0: So how, how do you help those clients that are potentially in those dark places? Do you Do you have any type of of referrals? Because on my side, I I help people and so forth doing financial coaching through our nonprofit. And one of the things that I can tell you within five minutes is, is that individual going to be able to make the leap and change in in their relationship with money? Typically, they have something that's a little more, as you say, darker rooted. I'm not a psychologist, never going to play one on TV. So we have some individuals that we can refer out uh, to those in those type of people to help them with that relationship because sometimes it's it's deeper than just what's between your your ears uh it's could be emotional it could be physical i mean there's there's other issues how sure. do you handle that on the front end with your clients when they're in that that dark space
1: well the the money coaching process that i use uh, starts with self-compassion and self-awareness and self-forgiveness you you. the reality is you didn't make most of the choices that took you where you are you have to live with the consequences but they were not conscious choices no one consciously chooses to be in debt no one consciously chooses to be anxious or ashamed or angry or any of those things so these are subconscious emotions that they they pop up they have messaging in there they do but but we're not consciously choosing it so i start with this is how your brain works this is how it gets wired this is why you are where you are most of that is not your conscious choice some of that is subconscious inheritance from your parents so if your parents were no good with money and you're no good with money that's not your fault and you have to live with the consequences I can't it's not i don't have a magic wand i can't change your financial circumstances but i can stop your shame or help you to get past your shame and guilt so that mm-hmm. you can engage with it.
0: They, they really have to be engaged, but also take ownership of that. Yes, I agree what we learn in the what we learn in our early ages is, is really not, you know, it's not our responsibility because that's what we were exposed to. But how you react to it and how you evolve as a human being with that relationship with money, you have to own. I mean, like you said, that shame and that guilt you have to say, okay, it's time to stop. I'm ready to make a change and right. I've got to start thinking a different way and reacting or having a better relationship with money.
1: Right. And so part of that is realizing that you actually have a choice. Yes. If you don't understand why you keep doing something, if you don't understand why every time you get a little bit, your head above water, all of a sudden you find yourself with, 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 you know, uh, a set of unexplained purchases or a car you, you don't really want or you can't afford <laughs> then then let's look at that and understand what's driving that process because if you don't understand it you can't change it so we we go into the mechanics of it how do you feel about yourself how do you feel about money and how do you feel about money in yourself the cornerstone of your relationship with anything including money but it could be uh, it could be religion it could be exercise it could be food it could be other people it could be work the cornerstone of all of it is how do I feel about myself if I don't feel worthy if I don't feel if then my net worth and my self-worth get confused or what I can what I can show to other people get, get confused so part of learning to take control of your finances is to realize that you can and that you need to, as opposed to kind of stepping back and going, well, you know, that's just that's just who I am. You can you can change be everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. So if we look at I mean, the work done um, on uh, the four positive financial behaviours that build wealth and I, wealth doesn't mean uh, like millions of dollars. Wealth is anything that I've saved, put away and invested. It, mm-hmm. could, be $100, it could be one hundred dollars. It could be a thousand dollars. It could be you. Know, million dollars right the wealth creation process is based on four things frugality is the first one which is don't spend everything that you earn i know that's really hard right now so i'm not there's no judgment attached to any of it it's just these are these are the mechanics of it the second one is um confidence learn how the system works engage with the system don't pay Uh, overdraft fees don't pay uh charges that are unnecessary don't pay charges for going over your credit limit or bouncing checks or whatever else it is learn how the system works engage with it the third one is um responsibility take ownership and responsibility for your financial outcomes don't blame the system don't blame the government don't blame the patriarchy or, or whatever it is right these are all things you can't control so it becomes kind of easy to blame them but as soon as you start blaming outside factors you lose not only your will to change it you also you know lose the ability to do it it's internal Mm -hmm. now that's very much a message about who you were growing up if you were told you were useless and you would never achieve anything and you know or, or or i mean there was there's a lot of um misogyny around this so if you if you're brought up saying just find some guy who's with money and get married to him don't worry about it you just pretty yourself up I'm paraphrasing and here but you know you can see how that or just get yourself a good job be a doctor be a lawyer be this whatever else it is you you know you can understand how people can feel like they don't have control but they they can have control so work out what you can control. Can I control inflation? No. Can I control the date trade deficit? No. Can I control yeah. the price of electricity? No. What I can control is my spending. Yeah, so work out what you can control and learn to make good decisions around it. And the that, fourth one, before sorry, we go to the know.
0: fourth one, just no, 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 it's okay. So that third point of of the ownership, I really think is critical in this process. Me personally and the people I, I I help or people I interact with, there's not a lot of ownership going on or going around nowadays. Everyone wants to blame what goes on in society for their woes. And for me, I struggle with that because that's one of the core values I, I, I live by is I create my own life. I create my own world. And if I do something wrong, I have to be the first person that raised my hand and said, hey, I messed that up or I screwed up, I'm going to fix it. Or I, I overspent on this. So now I got to go back and make sure I take care of my finances. So I'm not in the hole to make sure I can pay my, my mortgage and my utility bills this month. There's not a lot of that going around. How are you seeing, Um, what are you, what are you seeing in your practice? And then how do you address that?
1: Well, part of it is a self-belief issue. So some of it is, is, so there's, there's, it's really easy to get trapped in, there'll never be enough money, I don't care. Why should I care? That's an easy thing to go into. And then we go back to childhood messaging. Who are you? Are you any good? When you look at uh, childhood experiences, they're, they're, there's often a lot of negativity around people's choices. Why did you do that? That's just dumb. So we've, we, as adults, we forget what it's like to be children. And when you criticize your children, when you belittle your children, even with the best will in the world, like you want them. I'll give you an example around financial literacy. If you give the way, the best way to teach financial literacy is to give your kids an allowance, pocket money, whatever you want to call it. Starts with a, maybe a few dollars a week and works up to an allowance. This is not free money. This is saying I'm not going to buy you any sweets anymore. Or I'm not going to buy you any books anymore. Or I'm not going to buy you uh, any clothes anymore. Whatever, whatever you are prepared to to re- level of responsibility, you're prepared to hand over, let's just start with I'm not gonna buy you candies anymore or ice cream anymore. Here is some money we've done it. This is the calculation of how much I spend on you. Now you have ownership of that here's your $5. And um, putting money aside for saving is a separate discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, children then have this $5 like, Oh, great, what am I gonna do with that? And they're gonna probably go out and blow it. Yep. Now, what can typically happen in that situation is parents get freaked out, they go, oh my God, they're gonna be a spendthrift for life, whatever, da, So they get involved because it's money and it's super serious and we're all anxious about it. Don't waste money, you can't do that. What were you thinking? Jesus, you know, what's wrong with you? So we end up then pouring a whole bunch of stuff into what should be a process where children learn how to make money last? They learn what happens if you take five dollars and spend it all on Monday or Sunday, and you don't have any for a week. And they learn that process because they're going to have to do that for the rest of their lives. It's a core. It's a core thing that you need to learn how to make five dollars last a week, hundred dollars last a month, ten thousand, you know, ten thousand dollar whatever, five thousand dollars last a month, whatever that number is. But what happens is, if you if you criticize people's or kids' spending decisions it's really unsafe for them. They learn the message they're getting is you make crap decisions and that undermines their self-worth and they'll always struggle with making decisions and they'll always struggle with self-worth. And we do it with the best intent in the world, but we pour our own anxieties and our own fears into this process. So if that's your experience around making decisions in your life, and I think all of us have had some of that at some point, oh yes, then you're going to have... You're going to go into adulthood around well, how good a decision maker am I? You know, can I trust myself? Do I feel safe with my decision making process? Do I feel safe? Do I make good choices? Did I buy good things or did I buy crap and and was I shouted at for it? For it. And then guess what? In order to make myself feel better, I'm going to need to buy something because I'm going to get a little dopamine hit for that, and I'm going to feel good for about a minute, a day, or whatever it is, or even twice because when the Amazon parcel arrives, I'll, I'll feel great. And then guess what? I've got a bill that I can't pay. And I've got this stuff that reminds me of, of all the bad decisions I've made. So this, this can produce a very toxic environment for people and undermines their belief that they can be responsible, they can take ownership, and they have control in it. So a lot of it comes back to childhood. And a lot of it is is about unpicking that for people and going, you know what, you can do this. You were just never shown how no one gave you good modeling. No one, no one uh, supported your decision making process at an earlier age, no one showed you how you can take responsibility safely. Because when something's unsafe or has been unsafe in the past for you, you run, and it's been a bad experience, you're just going to avoid it going forward. That's yeah. hardwired.
0: And we never we never can get around that. Uh, until we actually learn that we can make these changes in our lives with the right support and mechanisms in place through a coach and coaches are there are there for that purpose
1: yeah you can coach yourself you can read books there's a whole bunch of access to it but it's very uh, ways of accessing but it's very hard to do it when you're on your own because um, very often you don't feel safe on your own Mm -hmm. you need someone to create a safe space for you
0: True. But the, the other piece that uh, for me is I had to own it. I had to finally come to that realization that I created this. Now I've got to do something about it. And then I started, you know, putting thoughts together, reading, like you said, uh, and looking out for myself and saying, okay, here's what's going on in my life around money. And I started, I actually started journaling every single day about some items that were going on in my life about money. And it allowed me to at least understand my thought process. And yep. then and then it came to a point I wanted to hold myself accountable with goals. And yep. then I walked my way into, okay, now I'm accountable so, to some goals. Now, can I take that to another level with a coach? And started doing my research on the coaches and, and understanding those pieces. And it that was a journey, but in itself, I look back on it. I can say one thing is I wish I did it sooner, but I didn't, and I, all I can do is learn from it. It's yeah. it's that time and that aha moment where your inner and your outer matches what you're looking to do, and you're ready for that change, whether it be money or anything else we're talking about. Sure. You're ready for that change, but it starts with you saying I'm ready and I'm ready to own that piece of my life,
1: and and I can see a way forward. If you can't, see and I a can way see forward- a way forward. I like that. Yes. Yeah, you, you need to know that it's possible for you to move forward and you need to know that if you're in debt, if you have uh, no savings, if you can't control your spending, if you can't spend any money at all, all of that stuff is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Let's, get, let's start with that self-acceptance and self-compassion and then get clear on what you're going to do to change it. Yes. So... We didn't get to number four, so you want to go to number four. So number four is the number four is the real (laughs) dude. Sorry, it went down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Number no, not at all. There's no rabbit holes here. Number four is um oh, lost the lost the word for it. It'll come to me. It basically means don't be influenced by the spending behaviors and material possessions of other people, endless messages from the media around what you should buy what you should wear what you should drive what you should spend what you should invest in all of that stuff social indifference that's the word for it and it's really really hard because we are social hierarchical mammals so we're hardwired to care deeply around what other people are wearing or driving or saying and for me there's a couple of pieces that I really want to share with you on this first of all what's most insidious is not just that if you buy this wear this drive this you'll be happy rich successful beautiful all those things the message here ryan is that if you don't you're not good enough you're not good enough in yourself that's why you need to buy this and wear this and drive this because you're not good enough and that horrible 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 message taps right into our deepest insecurities that we carry from childhood when we learned that we were not enough not because there's anything wrong with us, and not because there's anything wrong with our parents, it's because it's the way the world is. And so this really, really bugs me because anything that undermines people and their sense of self-worth undermines their sense of uh, locus of control, their sense of ability to take responsibility. And so it's all, all wrong. The second thing is that is really obvious if you step back is, why is it that apparently it's none of the things I already own that will make me happy? But somehow the very next thing I buy will tip me into a state of profound bliss. Now, how <laughs> fundamentally flawed is that? It's very.
0: <laughs> and I'm <laughs> laughing because I did that. So I I can relate to it and I understand all that. It's 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 very challenging and To say that things make me happy anymore is crazy. It's ludicrous. My mind cannot go there. I'm all about experiences, experiencing life, spending time with my family, spending time with my dogs, going to experience life, going out and seeing new things. But it doesn't revolve around buying the next thing that the Joneses are buying because that just does not work
1: for me. Don't keep up with the Joneses. They're bankrupt. Yeah. They are totally bankrupt and
0: and they're living paycheck to paycheck and, and in the hole with all the inflation that we have going on, but people don't see that. And th- I think that can lead us into another piece here. And we'll wrap up the, the podcast is why can they not see the spending habits that they have in front of them that, well, I should back that up. How do they not see the things that they're buying are not creating that happiness in their lives? and bringing them to the next level to where saying, I'm evolving as a human being, it's just creating more anxiety in the long run.
1: It's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking that, oh, well, this didn't make me happy. But the next one will the next pay rise will that I need a bigger car I need a bigger uh, tennis racket, whatever, you know, I need, I need Mm -hmm. a bigger, newer, shinier piece, maybe that will do it. And we get trapped into that. Because that's the messaging that we get we've been sold completely the wrong route to happiness we've sold this and it's really pervasive because if you spent your life on that ladder going oh maybe it's the next one maybe it's," it's really hard to step back and go hang on a minute maybe everything i've been told everything i believe everything i've thought is actually wrong maybe i've got it the wrong way around there's actually too much of this because nothing uh, in, in terms of the messaging from society and, and it, it tells you that. Uh, yeah, of course there's lone voices as people go and you know, less is more and there's a whole bunch of stuff around that. Mm-hmm. But if you spent your life getting dopamine hits from something, not lasting happiness, you no know, short-term dopamine hits, it's really hard to do that. And you've got to be able to to look at yourself and go, ah, actually, you know, I, I, I could be wrong on all of this. Why is that? And at that moment in time, find someone that can go. Okay, it's not your fault. This is this is what the system tries to do. This is this has been a, actually you know a very conscious gov- policy by various governments in the world. So that we're not just up against our own our reptilian brains and primitive brains. We're mm-hmm. up against a machine that is telling us that more is more, and it's it's all good. And it keeps us trapped in attention-seeking and social status games and social hierarchy. Because um, you do need money, right? I'm not. I'm not here to tell you that actually, you just stop worrying about money and you'll be fine. That's just deluded. That doesn't yes. work either. What I'm here to 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 hopefully share with with your audience is take conscious, positive control of your finances or your weight. Or your health, or whatever it is, conscious, positive choices, and it gets so much better. When you when you have financial security, when you have financial stability, you're going to feel so much better about yourself oh, yeah. than anything that you buy or wear or drive. Create that well-being for you. Create security for yourself, your family. Understanding where you are now and where you are going to be in the future and get control um and you're going to be much happier about it that is the route to to happiness not any of this other stuff that's undermining you and ruining the planet i love that that that's a
0: great way to wrap this up i mean this has been a a great conversation dennis so how can the listeners get a hold of you if they wanted to uh reach out to you and, and talk to you more about uh money coaching and and so forth Fabulous.
1: Thank you. So you can find me at cambridgemoneycoaching.uk. That's all one word, cambridgemoneycoaching.uk. There's my website. There's contact details. You can book a meeting with me. Uh, If you go to uh, the section on resources, there's all of my podcasts that I've done. I've been on about 20 podcasts. So if you want to listen to other stuff that I've done with other other interviewers or just, you know, uh, get a little bit more depth on some of the topics that we talked about, it's all in there. Please reach out. Uh, Please take uh, ownership. Um, Please uh, know that my job is to create a safe space for you to talk about things that are really hard. And that's okay.
0: Yes. And I will also link your website in the show notes when, when your episode goes live. So we'll have that out there. Dennis, thank you for coming on the show. It's been a great conversation and love talking about money and happiness. So we need to uh, continue this conversation and bring you on again and and go a little bit further and start digging down even deeper.
1: We do. That would be fantastic. And thank you so much for all all your sharing as well, Ryan. That's really helpful and really empowering. To thank people. you.
0: Uh, it's it's fun. It's a passion, and I enjoy this. And and it's great to have guests on like yourself that have a great approach to money. And what you're doing is is great. You're helping people overcome that that obstacle they have with money.
1: Yeah. We got to get this right.
0: Yes, we do, and we need to have start having the conversation. It doesn't need to be taboo.
1: No, we need to have that conversation we need to 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 show people we need to message people that it's okay um, yes, and this is how you do it Yes, for sure. thank you, sir, for coming on.
0: great conversation take care, mm-hmm.